guys, welcome to episode 27 of Color and Emotion. So today I'm going to be sharing the lyric story for Alleluia Elohim, which is track number four on my upcoming album entitled At Dusk that releases February 29th, 2024. So as of today, which is February 18th, the album comes out in 11 days. Today is also my big brother's birthday. So shout out to the homie Lester. That's not really his name, but that's okay. (laughs) I'm just so super grateful for my big brother, you guys. He has been like a champion of my podcast and making sure that my audio doesn't sound like trash. So I appreciate him for that. And also just a lifetime of big brotherliness. Like I honestly couldn't ask for a better big brother and I love him so, so much. So happy birthday, lots of cake to you. I hope you have fun with your nerdy friends. Um, Yeah, so the album comes out in 11 days and I'm very excited about it. I'm excited for everybody to hear it and to engage with the thoughts of God. And I know that sounds like, okay, but when you write songs from the Bible, that's what's happening, right? It's And that's what makes it exciting to me is that the Lord has determined to share his thoughts with us and we get to fill our minds with his thoughts. And that to me is just such a glorious thing. So I did want to though, just share a couple fun facts about this song before I hop into the lyric story, which I have shared previously on my YouTube channel. So if you're interested in hearing me talk about the song, when the song was fresh and when the experience that engendered the song was fresh, then you can go ahead and listen to that on YouTube. I think it was probably about at least a year ago. Um, I mean, I had always called it Alleluia Elohim. So if you just want to Google or YouTube search that plus Rebecca, the band, two K's and H on the end, feel free. Anyways, this is the only track on the album that I did not record in that one sitting after I broke my guitar and burst into tears. So (laughs) I had already recorded this song to send it to my best friend. And I had like a really decent, um, take of it because I sent it to her. (laughs) And then I remembered that when I was like working on the album and so it kind of gave me a little bit of respite from like having to record every single song in that one sitting. Not that I had to do it that way, but that's just kind of how I roll sometimes. Like I was thinking about that the other day, like even when I was in college and high school, like low key a procrastinator, which I think is a common symptom of perfectionists because it's like you're processing in your mind and you know how you want it to turn out. But to actually get started is to make a commitment that you're not already not always ready to make because you know that it's not going to be perfect and you're going to have to deal with like either trying to make it perfect or deal with the imperfections. So (laughs) I realized like even when I used to write paper, like I never pulled all-nighters, but I definitely would just like think about it and then sit down and do it all in like a couple hours or whatever. So that's kind of what happened with this album. Um... But the cool thing was, because I wasn't recording it in that moment, I kind of had a little bit more energy and, I don't know, oomph, zhuzh to work with when I was like trying to produce it. And this is the song that really sold me on the sonic filter that I ended up using for the entirety of the album that gave the album some sense of cohesion in the production. And that was just purely the grace of God, because I honestly had no idea what I was doing. I like signed up for this Ableton course and it was like helpful, but the person teaching the course doesn't make the same kind of music that I make. And also he's been doing it for a really long time. And also he's like a very inspiring coach, but I think sometimes... 
when people are like gifted teachers and coaches and they have like the gift of exhortation and they've personally put in the work, I think they sometimes underestimate how much of the gift and sometimes like anointing is operating (laughs) when they do something. And so then they're like, everybody can do this. Just click here and there. And it's like, no, like you have a gift, sir. Like we can't all do this. But it was still a helpful course. And it helped me realize that, that there is a lot to production that is just having the patience to just click on stuff and see if it sounds good. And having the patience to do the meticulous work of like editing out imperfections and like making sure everything lines up and the timing is good and it sounds loud enough and everything else. Like there is skill and you can get better, but the way you start is to just click on things and see how it sounds. So so that's what I did. And I just clicked on stuff. I came across this filter, which again, the grace of God. And what I really loved about it, the filter in Ableton is called Guitar Tones. And it does this like really cool ethereal thing where it like just picks up on all these various tones that you're not necessarily physically able to emphasize. And I don't know how it works, but it's just the coolest thing ever. And it worked really, really well with classical guitar. So it gives the whole album this sort of like, again, cohesive sound, but it also makes it like really kind of ethereal and like timeless, which is exactly what I was going for. And as I've been listening to it, I realized that it really feels um, like a mental album. Like, (laughs) it's weird to use that word because I know sometimes people use it for like a slang as like a bad connotation. But what I mean is like, kind of what I started out saying, like, it's the thoughts of God. And so to hear myself singing some of these things from scripture and these different things that the Lord has shown me in scripture as I've walked with him over the years and have this sort of like ethereal guitar tone thing in the the small amount of reverb that I did work with. It's kind of like, oh, like this is really refreshing because even for me, it's helping me fill my mind with the thoughts of God and the story line of the Bible and the goodness and the promise of the God who wrote it. And so that is my hope for the album. It always was was that people would listen to it and think the things that God would have them think. And even if they don't agree or they think they don't agree with Christianity at all or God or whatever, at least just like actually think about it for once and decide. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I hope is an outcome. Also, though, I hope that it is actually like pleasant to listen to. (laughs) So anyway, I just want to share that little tidbit about At Dusk and the filter that I used on the album. So the story of this particular song is that it is one of those songs that came to me as I emerged from sleep in the early hours of a morning. I (laughs) honestly, I don't even know if I like had a like a legitimate dream. I just remember hearing and I think, okay, this is also what I think I'm trying to get at is like when I had this song come to me, it sounded the way it actually sounds on the album. And I know that that was the grace of God because I don't have the skill for that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But when I got the song that morning, it was just like this chorus, this angelic chorus sounding music. And so the melody came out and I was like, actually like praying in the spirit as I woke up. And the two identifiable words that I was saying were Alleluia Elohim. And so what ended up happening was that I employed Google because I knew that Elohim 
was like, you know, a biblical word, obviously, but I wanted to remember exactly where in scripture it's used. And when I just kind of took that shortcut that morning, um, I came away with Psalm 110 as one of the places. And then as I was like crafting the song, I ended up in Hebrews 12. And so those are the primary passages that formulated the content of the lyrics. And then as I was like prepping to share the song story this morning, I remembered Joshua 5 and um, something that happens in that passage. So I'm going to share all of those passages, but I just wanted to clarify a little bit more about my songwriting process. So I don't always just like get a song or get a melody in some super spectacularly spiritual way. But what I am learning to do is have my whole life be consecrated to the Lord and like understand that as an artist, my whole life is a work of art. And I have to engage with the Lord on a consistent basis as we're all called to, right? We're all called to abide in the Lord and that's how we bear fruit because apart from him, we can do nothing. And um, so that's kind of like my general MO is to just have that level of margin in my life that allows me to pay attention to life, to what's happening to the Lord, to be sensitive to his Holy Spirit, to pay attention to how things affect me so that I know whether or not I need to restrict them or do more of them. And so a lot of times my songs come from me journaling and living through things or especially like in the earlier days when I first started songwriting, it would come from like... (laughs) just getting to this a point of like pure emotional frustration where I had no other outlet and I just had to get it out somehow. But over the years, I've become a lot more intentional about songwriting. And so I've developed these different like practices. And again, just having a more integrated lifestyle that kind of helps me have a good rhythm for input and output. And then sometimes I do get these songs that just come to me. And there are a couple of those on this album. And so with this one, I got the melody, I got these two phrases, and then I needed to kind of do the work of crafting the song. So again, I just was trying to remember like, where does the Bible actually use Elohim? So rather than take forever to kind of figure that out, I just hopped on Google to see like what verses use Elohim. And then from there, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I kind of just sat down and ended up in Hebrews and this song came together. And I really like it. So I hope you guys like it too. So the passages that inspired the song again, Psalm 110. So the, this is not a super long Psalm. So I'm just going to read the whole thing. It says the Lord, it's a Psalm of David. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies, your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion, your mighty scepter rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments from the womb of the morning. The dew of your youth will be yours. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter the kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the what? Over the wide earth, he will drink from the brook by the bay. Therefore, he will lift up his head. And this verse four, where it talks about you're a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek is a prophetic declaration about Jesus. And that's what actually prompted me to end up in Hebrews because in Hebrews, I think starting in chapter seven, there's a passage that is like 
contrasting Jesus as the ultimate and forever high priest with these other instances of high priests, specifically Melchizedek. And as I was in Hebrews, I just kept reading because I love it so much. (laughs) I ended up in Hebrews 12, which um, talks about the heading of the ESV Bible that I have says like a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So I'm just going to read these 10 verses or 11 verses because they are like where the rest of the song came from. Um, but before I do that, actually, let me go to the Joshua passage, because what made me think about the Joshua passage this morning is I was thinking about this concept of enemies, right? Because especially in post-resurrection life and in a highly politicized global environment where Christianity has been weaponized and wielded for all kinds of atrocities, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? It's interesting to remember that, not interesting, imperative, actually, we have to remember that God is above and that he is the only righteous judge and that he will execute judgment in his timing and in his way. And so what I was remembering is this instance when the people of Israel are being given um, a place to live from the Lord and they have to go in and like conquer this place, right? And they get to a wall of a city where they're like in process of getting to this place that the Lord led them to go to. And there's this person, well, I'll just read these couple verses and then we can kind of chat about it a little bit. So in Joshua 5 verse 13, it says, when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, no. (laughs) but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And so I think what was making me remember that is just the earth is the Lord's, right? And he gets to decide what happens on it and he can lead people and we have a free will and that is a lot to process. But at the end of the day, rather than thinking of people and nations as enemies of other people and nations, it's like, who's on God's side, right? Because that's the side that you want to be on. And I think in a more humorous context, I was listening to this, um, these two guys that have like a podcast thing. I don't listen to it all the time, but it's funny sometimes. And so they were talking about um, different ways where like people of Nigerian background might be more dramatic in their language that they use. And it was just funny to me because I do find that like there's a lot more language about like your enemies and like these kind of like, biblical concepts that we don't always use in common everyday language in America, but it's just funny that people's perspectives are different in different places of the world, but they are all things that like the Bible has something to say about, right? So anyway, to to recap that piece of it, (laughs) when we read things in the Psalms that talk about like our enemies and this, that, and the third, like, you know, the Bible also does tell us as Revelation continues in the New Covenant, New Testament, that like we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? And so that's why it's important to remember that we're on God's side and the battle is his and he directs us and we need to learn to be sensitive to his voice and be obedient. And at the end of the day, the hope is that we wouldn't have any other people enemies because the hope is that everyone would come into the family of God, right? 
So that is that. Um, I actually was thinking of something else earlier that kind of pertains to this, which is <clears throat> I think people tend to be a little bit more understanding of this concept when it comes to families, right? If you have a child in your home and they refuse to get with the program and you have other children in the home, at some point, though you may hate to see it, they need to get with the program or they're going to have to get out and find a new place to live, right? And people don't think it unreasonable to communicate a clear standard to a child. And I guess we'll we'll talk about like teenagers or like early 20s, right? Where it's like the person in their early 20s who has all the capabilities that they could be contributing and if they felt so inclined, taking care of themselves, but they want to have their shenanigans bankrolled by the parent while negatively impacting the rest of the family like it is not only the parent's prerogative because it's their home it's also their responsibility because there are other children in the family that need to be cared for and protected right so if that other child is like bringing around crazy people or bringing you know dangerous paraphernalia and whatnot into the house like no, you don't get to do that. And I'm not going to bankroll your shenanigans. So similarly, like in the family of God, like whosoever will can come. If you want to put your faith in the Lord Jesus, you can do that today and be part of the family of God. But if you don't want to do that, he's not going to make you, but you don't get to just have it both ways. Right. And I think that we sometimes in our humanity overlook the inclusivity and kindness of God. And we tend to put ourselves in place of judge where we should not. And that brings me to the other passage that inspired this song, which is Hebrews chapter 12 um, and 11. And like I said, basically the whole book of Hebrews that just reminds us that God is judge, right? He is the righteous judge of all the earth. And that actually is one of my favorite things about God. Like there's a verse in Genesis where Abraham is actually like pleading on behalf of his <clears throat> cousin or nephew, I think. Yeah, his nephew who lived in this crazy place where like crazy things were happening and somebody needed to put a stop to something, right? But Abraham's request was, okay, well, don't destroy the righteous with the wicked. And we would all look at Lot and be like, okay, but is he righteous? Because he's really up to quite a lot himself. Put him ching. <laughs> but God decided like the righteousness, even in that instance, was connecting himself to a man of God and to the kingdom principles of God, right? That was the righteousness, not his own specific behavior. Um, anyway, Abraham says to the Lord, like, will not the judge of all the earth do what is right, you know? And that's just really a comforting thing to rest in, particularly when you feel powerless to like defend yourself against injustice. Anyway, <clears throat> for the rest of the lyrics on this song, Hebrews 12 says, for you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. 
See that you did not refuse him who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Amen. And the last thing that I wanted to share is actually a passage that leads into the next song share that I'm super stoked about because the next track that I'm going to share is probably my favorite one on the album. But to just reiterate um, for us all that God is good, right? (laughs) And that just because we don't always understand his ways and his judgment doesn't mean that they aren't good. I wanted to read uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verses one through five, which says, and I, when I came to you, brothers, this is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. So similar to what happens when Joshua was speaking to the angel of the Lord, when he said, like, are you for me or for my enemies? And the angel of the Lord says, no, I'm for God, you know, then we have to remember that that is the distinction is that our righteousness is in Christ and there is no other way to have righteousness, no other way to have right standing with the Lord. And that again, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? There are other spiritual influences and forces that are at work that people are yielding to and impacting us and the world and other people for better or for worse. But at the end of the day, the Lord is the one that has enemies, right? And so like we do experience uh, adversity, but particularly again, on the other side of the resurrection and as the new covenant believers, we're called to pray for those who persecute us because the hope is that we don't have people as enemies. The hope is that everybody comes into the family of God Everybody takes Jesus up on his offer of salvation. And so that is my hope for you guys, my hope for everybody who listens to the album. Like I mentioned before, when I've been listening back to it, I just think about like the peace that God has given me in my life, despite all of the shenanigans that I've lived through and contributed to at times, but mostly just have had happen, right? And then have to navigate and learn how to respond and recover from And in speaking with other people and just seeing some of the things that get posted on social media and some of the ways that our society has just felt like it's become increasingly unhinged at an alarming rate over the past couple of years, like my prayer is for the peace of God to begin to pervade the minds of believers. Like, obviously I want everybody to have peace, but I particularly am grieved when people who know the Lord are still struggling with that. And so obviously we all struggle with things and um, 
I'm not saying that there's going to be an experience in life that is void of grief or sorrow or struggle or whatever else, but I just want us all to be reminded that we can actually experience on an ongoing basis as a lifestyle, the peace of God. It's available to us. So I hope you guys are encouraged. Amen. I pray that you do begin to experience demonstration of the spirit and of power and of the love of God in your life. And I will be back to chat to you soon. Okay, bye.